I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Wednesday. Phoenix Suns, also known as leading the Pacific Division, they beat the Lakers last night. I think we've heard this about the Suns before. We'll break down the odds on that bet and how it's been updated to win the Pacific. Also, NBA load management, it is running rampant as we enter the All-Star break. Kawhi, a late scratch last night. LeBron being sat out tonight. Is there a way to make money from this? We think there is. Sam Darnold, we're hearing, uh uh-oh, he may be traded. This is more about Zach Wilson and how his um, standing has evolved than even Sam Darnold. We'll talk about it. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a Wednesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Steve Fezzik, dusting off the shoes, leaving the house. He's in studio. <laughs> sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Fez, uh, have you been going to get the newspaper, Tony Soprano style, in the robe? H- how's that go with you? <laughs> That's uh, not a good visual, RJ. But, uh, yeah, doing lots of work from home. And I got to uh, tell you. Oh, is that a lot of work, huh? Oh, we're, <laughs> and, we're just, uh, just going to be overwhelmed with the insights. And I'm just uh, overwhelmed and happy with my Phoenix Suns based on your recommendation to get on them to win the division. Oh, yeah. So we're going to listen. We uh, have a little until you cash the ticket, you can't celebrate. But man, oh, man, has the trend line been good. And I do think it speaks to things start to percolate. If you've got your fingers or, you know, maybe the right Twitter accounts in the right areas, the right RSS feeds. You start to hear something, and like two to three days later, it usually busts through. And as a better, I think one of the new things for us to be thinking about is, yeah, we're going to come up with our own really good ideas. And you know what Fez is talking about, and we'll get to Jonas in a second. What Fez is talking about is, you know, last week, I don't want to make a big deal about it. I said, but I've got the biggest play ever that I'm going to give everyone, you know, as a courtesy for the support. And it was the Phoenix Suns to win the Pacific Division at 12 to 1. A lot of people are like, well, what's the Pacific Division? I've never heard of it. I, I, go, I don't really know either. But what I see is the Lakers and the Clippers and the Suns are in this division. And we're getting 12 to 1 on the Suns even though they've had the best record of all NBA teams since the bubble began. So last eight games, playoffs, et cetera. Now the Suns didn't make the playoffs, but hey, best record, the Suns, and it wasn't even close, and we're getting 12 to 1. It should be maybe 5 to 1. Well, now Suns have been winning, Lakers have been doing what they're doing, and the odds have improved greatly. We'll get to it. And I think, you know, the Laker game itself is going to be a good place to start. So in L.A., 
the Joe, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a late scratch in the NBA that affected this show, we've also got some draft rumors in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Yeah, I guess we could have led with Kawhi in the late scratch, but, you know, that wasn't as fun. I think we start with the Lakers and the Suns. And and just the reality, I think, will segue into that as the All-Star break is you know approaching quickly, uh, these NBA players, and let's give them credit, it's been a lot of games in a short period of time. I think we're starting to see the effects of that. Yeah, last night at Staples Center in L.A., despite 38 points from LeBron James, it was the Phoenix Suns on the road with a 114-101 victory, over 104 victory, rather, for the Lakers. So, Fez, you watched, the uh, at least you said, the second half of the game. Obviously, we can look at the box score. What did you see with your eyes from this game? Very impressed with Phoenix because their best player, Devin Booker, he gets two technicals on him about five minutes into the third quarter, RJ. And I got to tell you, neither one of them looked worthy to me of being a technical. Of course, I'm biased because I'm a big Phoenix fan. Bottom line, Booker is out of the game with almost the entire second half to be played. And Phoenix only had a five-point lead at that point. Despite LeBron playing a really fine game the entire way, Phoenix pulls away and wins by 10 without their best player. Yeah, so Jonas, did you watch the game? Yeah. What was your take? Yeah, I uh, look the Lakers without Anthony Davis. It just they're we all knew they weren't going to be as good, but I don't know if anybody realized the drop off from Anthony Davis to their third best player, whoever whoever you think that is. um, It just. It's obvious there's not enough there, and until they get him back, I don't know how you can feel comfortable about this team making a run, and and I think that's why they're being so cautious about making sure he's healthy because I think they realize his value, especially in games like this, to where it was clear Phoenix was just the better team. That's Jonas Knox. We're straight out of Vegas. I noticed, Jonas, you said the drop-off from the second to third best player. So do you believe LeBron today is better than AD? Yeah. Still. Yeah. But LeBron. So this is what throws me when we said, and again, we've been on a hot streak, not undefeated, but a hot streak. When I said, let's take together as a show, let's take the Nets at four to one to win the title. And what's that been? Maybe two and a half weeks ago. And my thought was everyone's acting like the Lakers are this foregone conclusion except they were one of three teams entering the bubble that were right at the top in Milwaukee. And maybe we've reevaluated Milwaukee's ability in the playoffs, but Milwaukee and the Clippers at the time. And, and the Lakers won, which, again, kudos. But, and they get a title, and they should. But to me, it could have gone other ways. And really, it was probably the easiest path to a title we've seen and that wasn't their fault, but it doesn't change that they didn't. They weren't as battle-tested the Lakers last year as some champions have been. And then the idea of LeBron and his, I don't want to say fixation, but his attention he's given this idea of an MVP. And I think it's starting to backfire. And, and let me ask you guys, both of you, Fez and Jonas, this question. It feels like a lot of today's narrative – is going to be, okay, well, LeBron is choosing to sit out. Oh, Mr. Lunchpail is choosing to sit out. When in truth, if you only miss one game 
the whole first half of the season, you've done something that you deserve credit. But instead, he's made it a conversation. And you might say it doesn't matter. But to me, he we know LeBron's got rabbit ears. You, we know LeBron hears what's being said. And maybe that's why he's so good with his brand. He's paying attention. I'm not judging that. But it feels like the fact that he is paying so much attention and he is trying to construct the narrative. LeBron has the commentators saying, oh, Mr. Lunchpail doesn't, isn't playing today. And other people are saying, yeah, but he's played a lot. And other people are saying, well, he's only doing 32 and a half minutes a game. And other people are saying, but he's only missed one. How is any of this about winning a title? And we can say distractions don't matter, but it seems to me the guys that are best, the Bradys and such, the Jordans, quite frankly, they don't get caught up in this stuff. And maybe it's a generational thing, but it feels like this is an en- energy suck for the team and for LeBron. And Jonas, I'll go to you first because this is more of a media question. Yeah, I think uh, after he won the title in Cleveland, I, it, he'll never say this publicly because of the blowback he'll get. But I firmly believe that he, he cared more about individual goals than he did team goals. Winning a title is important to him. He wants to keep doing that. But I think he realized, all right, I did something. I brought a title back to Cleveland. And I think the individual goals, I think, are as big, if not more of a priority for him than the, than the team goals. Okay, now, Jonas, anyone that's not a first-day listener knows Jonas is the opposite of a hot take guy. But let's think about what he just said and put it in maybe a hot take format, even though it's the same content, the same words, in fact. What you just said is LeBron James makes conscious choices at times, not always, but at times, that decreases the chance of winning a title over some other personal goal. Yeah. Now that is, I agree. I agree. That is the definition of something a lot of people are going to push back on. I like that you said it, though, Jonas. Fez, what do you think? I think you nailed it with the word distraction. Anything that is taking away from your team's focus to win each and every game and, frankly, that puts the wrong priorities in your rotations and has LeBron play in more games than he should, I think is a big problem right off the bat. And then to be talking about it like we are, you know, they're talking about it. That's not good, RJ. And it's not, I mean, if we were kind of angling to uh, find something to talk about, but other people weren't, I mean, I watched, I usually like to sample like the first 10 minutes of more shows than listening to uh, a bunch of uh, one show or two shows or whatever. I, so I like to see what people are leading with. What's the first thing they want to talk about on any subject. LeBron was leading most of the NBA stuff today. And LeBron sitting out was leading most of the NBA stuff. And that segueing into, does this contradict what he said before? Is he getting too tired? Is is Because you could make the case, and this is what I said when I told, uh, recommended Embiid at, what was it, five and a half to one, I think, at the time, to win the MVP, my thought was LeBron could take this MVP mission and get it to the finish line, and it will look like a runaway. If he kept the lead, it was going to be a runaway eventually. But if he didn't get a lead, if he wasn't clearly ahead, at a certain point he might abandon it. And it feels like, because let's be candid, if you're going to miss any game, why would you miss the game before a long break? I totally get the idea that it's a back-to-back and that, that this might be a strenuous game. But if you've got that entire time to rest, or maybe you play, but you play for 22 minutes. 
And then you don't, because you do have a bunch of days to rest after. I know he'll be in the game, but I think we understand how much effort that is relative to normal games. And he'll play a limited amount of minutes. So this is a weird game. Of all the games this year, this seems like the least likely to take off for practical reasons, meaning you you need the rest. And thus, isn't this maybe, and I'll start with you, Fez, the white flag? Isn't this him saying, listen, I'm not going to win MVP. I know it. Thus, I got to start focusing on other things. I think it is, RJ. It almost reminds me of, you know, July 4th, whenever like we have extra days yes, off. Yes, I've heard like, of that. Hey, hey RJ, I'm going to take the day off before the vacation. And you're like, uh... Why would you take that day when you're about to have all these other days off? Just doesn't make sense, does it? And and I get it if someone's going to go on a trip or something. But again, this feels like. Mm, what do you think, Jonas? Does it does it feel like a weird day off to you? It, it, let's assume he deserves, and I, he does. Let's say he deserved a day off in the first half of the season before the All Star break. Isn't this a weird one to take? Well, I, I think this is. I don't know if it's as much about the MVP as it's about the. Hey, just so you know, I'm tired. Like, just one of those, like, hey, hey, just so you know, it's similar to after the finals, all of a sudden he comes out with a cast on his hand <laughs> at the end of the – it's like, you know, just so you know, I broke my hand punching a chalkboard after game one. It's like, okay, well, like, why now? It did, did you ever – more <laughs> did like you that. See, did you see Trading Places, I'm guessing, the Eddie Murphy movie, or Eddie Murphy movie? Uh, bits and pieces. Oh, like a long okay, time. that's a generation gap when that because everyone saw that one, <laughs> and uh, I just rewatched it actually recently. And uh, Eddie Murphy at the beginning is like playing a, a street person who is hustling, right? He's acting like, and you could see like LeBron having like a whole bag of like cast neck braces, you know, <laughs> like like a slip and fall guy would right. have. And based on how you know, was there anywhere in my body that could have got hit? Yeah, my knee could have, and then he comes out with a knee. Brace. It's like that. the old uh, cowboy Bob Orton walked around with a cast on for like 20 years. You don't know trading places, but you know cowboy Bob Orton. I like yeah, it. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about those MVP odds. Also, we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns. They are now in first place. What are the odds on our collective 12 to 1 division bet? He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words that are I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will discuss a possible shift in the MVP odds in the NBA. And the bottom of the hour, I'm going to do... I'm going to do a hot take that's sizzling, but I would bet on it. And you know what? Someone that has a gigantic name in the NFL agrees with me. Yeah, I like it. I like when I say something, then a week later, someone that's a true expert in that area. You know, I'm, I know the NFL, but I'm not a former player. I'm not a guy that was a GM. I'm a better, right? I know the betting side. When you get to former players and the GMs agreeing with you, Jonas, that's when you know, especially when you're out front. You might have something. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. And we thank you so much for the support. And we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver great value to you. You can listen to us on the iHeart 
Radio app right here in Vegas on the Strip. 65 degrees. The knee on is chugging. Coming off the heels of a 10-point loss at home to the Phoenix Suns, LeBron James finally gets a night off. But how does this affect his MVP odds moving forward? All right, so MVP odds, McKenzie is going to give them to NBA guy, pregame.com. McKenzie, give us the favorites for the MVP. LeBron James, plus 175. All right, so 100 jo- wins you 175. Joel Embiid, 3-1. to one. Ooh, so we gave it a 5.5 to 1. 3-1, to one. that's good. Another center, Nikola Jokic, 6-1. to one. The Joker. Luka, 11-1. You know something? And- He's interesting because Luka started out of shape a little bit. You know, a lot of players were a little out of shape. And again, this is all relative, right? These are NBA players. They're in pretty decent shape regardless. But a lot of people I respect are saying, if you look at Luka the last, let's say, half of this start of the season, so you throw out the first quarter of the season, let's say, and now this quarter, he's played like better than expected. But I still think that perception of the disappointment of him seemingly coming in the year that he was the favorite to be MVP, Luca, I think that, that, that haunts him a little bit it, to potentially win it. So who's after Luca? The Mavericks have also had the hardest schedule so far. Right, after so, Luka, well, let's think yeah. about that. So you're saying hardest schedule, which means that his results are more impressive than they seem. And does that mean the second half of the schedule is going to be relatively easier and thus you expect him to surge? Yes, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Ooh, so do you like it 11, 11 to 1, Luca? I don't, because we talked about you have to be really the number one seed in your conference historically to win it, and the Mavericks are the ninth right now. Yeah, we've done a study on what qualities the player and the team that they play on has that wins the NBA MVP. That will be good, something we, we can do uh, later this week or early next week with the All-Star break where it's not, you know, we're not talking about the games as much. We can do that, because I think it's interesting – how much focus there is with the MVP on winning and losing. It's not just having a winning team. It's like almost always the number one seed in the conference. Uh, Give me a couple more of the MVP favorites. Steph Curry next 12 to one. Giannis 18 to one. No chance. Kevin Durant 21 to one. All right. Where's Harden? Harden is a few spots, two spots down, 33 to one consensus. Okay. Now in Vegas, it's a lot less. It's 16 to one in a lot of spots in Vegas, 35 to 40 to one outside of Vegas. Okay. I'm going to make a pick. I'm going to give, this is a long shot bet. And everyone who bets, and you know, half of our listeners don't even bet. They want to be, you know, more knowledgeable than their buddies. And I love that. But for the betters out there, if you are playing, and Fez, let me ask you this, because there's different approaches to this. So let's say you're betting typically $100. So if you bet the NFL on a, a point spread, you're going to bet 110 to win 100, let's say minus three, the favorite by three, let's say. And it might be a 10-point favorite, 110 wins you 100. If that's your unit and you're betting like a 25-to-1 shot, do you bet to win one unit? Do you bet one unit to win 25? How do you approach it? I usually bet about a quarter of a unit, RJ. 
on all, but a quarter of a unit specifically on twenty-five to one, or on, on the on the larger long shots. I I reduce my bet size by about a, a factor of four, just because I know that I can go a long time before I cash one of them. Okay, so you're saying if you're a hundred dollar unit batter, you'd bet twenty-five on it. That's right. Okay, so let's do that then. We'll go a quarter unit on James Harden to win MVP. I've had a, a change of heart on that. What I thought was, and Jonas, I'd like to get your gut feeling on this. And uh, Mackenzie, what's the fair? What's the best fair number? I mean, hey, listen, we shop a little bit. So if you had three outs, what's the best number on Harden? You think it's fair? Thirty to one. All right, well, that's a nice round number. Thirty to one. And here's my rationale, and I want to get Jonas's response. It's it was so obvious what Harden did in Houston, meaning, you know, acted incorrigibly, acted in a a way that wasn't team friendly, a way that most people reject. They don't like it. But it's been such a stinker for him that people have said, boy, if it weren't for that, he'd be in the MVP race so much. It actually inoculates him from that in a way. And think about inoculation, like with a with a vaccine, is it's you get a little bit of it, and it gets the defenses up against it, right? In a very simple way. I'm not not a doctor, but, and I think that it's been discussed so much that by the time they vote for the MVP, months and months from now, the idea of what happened in November. Being something now, obviously he'll he's going to lose any tiebreakers, but here's my question: If LeBron doesn't finish strong, and if Embiid, let's say, misses some games, he's already missed some games, and Embiid historically his health isn't great. I know he's in better shape this year. I know he's more motivated this year. We're getting thirty to one. Who are I mean, looking at that list. No way Durant gets it over him. No, Durant's hardly played this year. Is the What would the odds be, Faz? And then I, I, I'm going to let you think about this and get Jonas's answer first. But if, if Harden hadn't done what he did in Houston and had played normally there, what would the Harden odds be? And But first, though, Jonas, what's your thought on the bet? Yeah, I uh, I like it, just those odds. I think he should absolutely be considered based on what he's done in Brooklyn. They've clearly become a better team since adding him, and so if he continues to play strong and play the way he does, I, I absolutely think he should be in the discussion. I don't think he'll ultimately win it because I think too many people are going to hold how he exited mm. against him. I, I just, hear you. Right, I hear right you. or wrong, I don't agree with it, but I do think that's part of this. And I'll tell you this, if it was him heads up with someone, it was like A or B, I think you're right. But I I got a feeling, because I, I, there was times I looked at these this list of players and I said, I don't see I mean, let's assume if LeBron plays great, he, he'll win. That's fine. If Embiid finishes this year as strong as he started it, and LeBron falls off, and B will win. I don't know if Jokic can win. I, I just don't know if he, meaning that a guy that most people haven't heard of, I mean, like literally casual NBA fans don't, they might know him as the Joker, 
They certainly don't know his first name. I don't even think I know his first name. <laughs> so what, what's his first name? Uh, Nikolai. Yeah. Oh, Nikolai Volkov. I know Nikolai. <laughs> so I think him or and Nick, Hacksaw. Or Nikola. Some, I, I don't know. I still don't know See, the proper wait, a profe- <laughs> wait, wait, wait. A professional announcer. Literally. Nikola, Nikolai. Yeah, I don't, it's one of the two. I you you got to get both. the phonetic spelling out. <laughs> I don't think that guy wins the MVP, right? I don't. And then you start looking and going, Luca. Ah, he, you know, and all of a sudden Harden's putting up his probably best year. The guy's won it multiple times, and he's having his best year except for that beginning. And that's another reason, another reason politicians, when they have something stinky in their background, they get it out at the beginning of the campaign. Because you know what? People get tired of talking about it. And I think Harden got that out to start with. I like it. So, Fez, question if there wasn't that stinker at the beginning, what's Harden's odds right now? I think about 7-1, to one, RJ, and I really like this bet the more I think about it. Because think about it. In the East right now, Philly still has the best record, but only by half a game. Brooklyn is more than likely going to overtake them and be the number one team in the East. And now that's a heads-up, Harden versus Embiid, where Harden's team, I expect, is going to play much better in the second half of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think Embiid's such a good feel-good story. Remember, we already got Embiid in our pocket at 5.5-1. to one. I think he's such a good feel-good story. If he finishes even 85-90% of what he's done, he would beat Harden in any case, meaning no way Harden can pass him. But if all it takes is LeBron and Embiid to drop off, I don't see anyone else having a clear edge over Harden if Harden finishes just as strong. I'm not saying he'd win. I'm saying I think he'd be right there. And who knows, right? Maybe the Joker could, whatever his first name is, maybe he could win. (laughs) But there's no guarantee he's going to finish the year this strong. And when you get 30 to 1, and that's what people need to understand, you can put a portfolio together on these bets, meaning you could have five or six different people. And as long as your odds are good in each one, it can be a great portfolio, right? Imagine, let's say, NBA title odds. Let's say you got New Jersey at four to one, or <laughs> Brooklyn at four to one, and let's say you uh, let's say you were fading the Lakers, so you don't have any Lakers. Let's say you got Utah at sixteen to one. Like each of those bets individually are good bets. You're not going to win more than one of them, but you don't need to. You agree with that, Fez? Yeah, absolutely. And let's face it, if there's only a few guys that are in contention, you're actually mitigating your risk. If you've already got Embiid and James falls off, now you're sitting in the catbird seat with Embiid. Why not take a sprinkle on a 30 to 1 with Harden? Yeah, I agree. And I also think in general with these markets that last the whole season, they're fun to play and kind of have your ticket. You know, I'm, I'll be talking about the Phoenix Pacific. You know, it's fun because it keeps going and going for one bet. But also, Keep in mind, it's a good strategy to fade one per. If you think one person's overrated or one team, you can build a whole portfolio around everything but them and try to get the other viable winners at the best price you can. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. So wrapping up the NBA talk here, at least until the last segment, which we'll do a bet on another a, a game bet is Phoenix. So we talked about them and how they've played well. But let's talk about how well they've actually played. So, Mackenzie, you've got the Phoenix Suns versus the rest of the league since the bubble began. Now, this is not an arbitrary start point, right? We had the first big chunk of the season. Then the pandemic hit. We had months and months and months off. And from then on, we had the bubble. 
a short break and the season. This is a very viable, reasonable time to assess. And who has the best record in the NBA since the beginning of the bubble? That would be the Phoenix Suns, 31 winners, 11 losers. All right, so their win percentage is? 74%. And who's number two? Number two is the Utah Jazz and the L.A. Lakers tied at 66% win percentage. So how many more? um, So 66 versus 74. That's right, yeah. I mean, this isn't even close. Jonas, would you have thought that? No, but now now that we're looking back and you just – think about how the people look at how the bubble ended for you know the Lakers and they look at the run that they made but Phoenix was one of the stories in the bubble they were one of the teams they had a big win over the Clippers there was a big fall away yeah fall away shot there so now it does when you start to think back about how how well they finished and then they go out and they add Chris Paul now it starts to make a little bit more sense as to why they're where they're at Uh, and the other reason I love this bet and, you know, that's always the question. Would you play the five and a half to one? I'd say listen to the show every day. All right. That's the starting point. But what I would say is I think I still would, but I've got my ample appetite taken care of on that bet. But what I, but I think the other reason it was so good, and it very well could lose. It very well could lose. But why it was a good bet, the Lakers don't care about winning the Pacific. The Clippers don't care. This is Phoenix is motivated. And I, w- I haven't said this on the show before. I- I'd have zero interest betting Phoenix to win a title, right? That's why I-, I like Utah if I can find spots to bet them playing hard the whole season, not once it gets to be playoffs because it is a different season. It's a different game, the NBA and the playoffs. But that said, I think this season, motivation – just general joy of the game is vital. All the former players I listen to, podcasts, TV shows, they're all saying this is the year that the veterans are going to be like, oh, blowy. It's like there was a short break, their knees, they're, they're tired. And it's like it's an unending series of basketball games. That's why they complain about the All-Star break so much this time, the All-Star game itself, because they have been asked for a lot. And they're being well compensated. But I think if you're handicapping the rest of the season, a key factor is how much joy, how much youth does this team have? Because I would make the case, and Jonas, you follow us closely, and then we'll see what's trending. I would make the case that the rookies have overperformed this year. Would you agree with that? And I think the reason being is because they've got joy. They're excited because it's their first season. The veterans, not as much. Yeah, I would think, you know, Anthony Edwards has had some big wow moments. I also think this goes back to the bubble to where you saw guys like Luca and some of these other young players really take a step. And I think part of the, the, the evaluation was, man, for some reason, these young players are really starting to, to make that jump in the bubble. But if you think about it, when the season stopped and when the bubble started, you basically had an off season. So I think it's the normal progression from where a player would leave off in year one. And I looked at the bubble as almost like year two. And that's why I think, you know, these players started to pop a little bit. And you are seeing, you know, some of these younger teams and younger players have big performances. And and I think that makes a lot of sense that they're more excited about playing right now than maybe some veterans. So you're saying some like guys that this year are in their second or third year that were in the league for the bubble. It was almost like a um, bowl game in college football where you have a break and then you have a, yeah. a lot more practice than usual, which is good for the growth. 
I would say you're right, but I think one thing for the rookies, the true rookies, they didn't play much basketball or they had that long break last year and thus, you know, where, you know, the tournaments didn't happen, all that, and thus, in theory, fresher legs. So if, if legs were the issue, you know, which with fatigue it obviously is. So in general, I think NBA second half, look for youth and look for joyousness. And I think it's going to serve you quite well. I got my hot take. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know, isn't it interesting if you study language, how communication and persuasion. So when LeBron plays, it's him deciding to play. But when LeBron doesn't play, the Lakers held out LeBron. Like he was somehow held back and forced not like they held him by the neck. You can't play. You can't play. Isn't that interesting, Jonas? <laughs> they held him out. And yeah. I get, and that's what these communicate. People say, who, what, why is there PR expert? It's that's the kind of thing that it has an effect on how you think about it. Even if you don't realize what they're doing, it's kind of tricky. All right, let's take our last break. I wish I could give you this hot take now, but I got to take this last break. When we come back, we are going to start with. And this involves Trevor Lawrence and the number one pick. I've got a take that is sizzling. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., we are less than two months away from the NFL draft, but the speculation has already started to pick up. Everybody assumes it's going to be Trevor Lawrence taking number one overall out of Clemson. But then the discussion turns to who's viewed as the number two quarterback in next month's draft. And I agree. That's a interesting conversation. Who's one, who's two? But the real conversation that matters is who's the best quarterback and I think the Jets have figured out just how good Zach Wilson is and it's driving this Sam Darnold talk and it was funny I saw in your notes Jonas you were talking about the Jets talking about Darnold and the idea it sounded like almost like someone had an old uh maybe a ice cooler that he had back in college in the garage and someone said hey you want to you know you want to sell that ice cooler and the jet sounded like the guy going hmm if anyone wants that maybe i would sell it i mean <laughs> it really felt like a, a dismissive kind of thing what was your take on the jets comment or yeah, the jets uh, joe, team's comment a uh, gm uh, joe douglas said you know if if somebody called about sam darnold they'd be open to listening i i just view this as the jets are keeping everything open because i i do think them sitting at number 2 they feel like they can kind of control everything. If everybody feels like it's a foregone conclusion, Lawrence is going number one overall, the Jets can kind of throw a bunch of feelers out there and use the media to manipulate things and try and maybe uh, either jack up the price on a Sam Darnold trade or jack up the price on somebody trying to get that number two pick for a guy like Zach Wilson. And that's where my strong take comes in. And then we got a best bet coming from Fez. I love this best bet, by the way. So Chris Sims... I'll be candid with you. For some reason, I didn't like him initially. 
Maybe it's like the idea of, oh, his daddy got him the job. You know, I don't know. But the more I listen to him, the more I respect this guy. And you know what I respect the most? He doesn't care what the consensus opinion is. It takes guts to buck the system, buck consensus. And to me, the only opinions that matter are those that buck consensus. Because if you bet with everyone else, you're not winning anything. You can't win anything. By definition, you can only invest or bet and really succeed when you think one thing and the majority of people think something else. And he came away from his film study, and he's an all-22 guy, Chris Sims, and he said, forget it being close. Zach Wilson is a significantly better prospect than Trevor Lawrence. That came out, and I was mm-hmm. like, thank you. And I wasn't a big Zach Wilson guy. I'm not, I don't know enough about the film stuff to know that. But here's what I've been saying right here, and I would say the first national guy. We'll see if other people follow, that this love of Trevor Will, or Trevor Lawrence is unwarranted. Hey, he's done great when he's played against teams that they were dominant over. But they've had four games, Clemson, in which Trevor Lawrence was not a double-digit favorite. The team wasn't a double-digit favorite. Yeah, it's one thing he's 2-2 two and two and all that stuff. He's completed 59% of his passes. In the other games, he completes 69%. So you're telling me you play four games that the competition is even within the universe of you, and somehow, some way. You're only completing 59% of your passes in the modern era. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, maybe a great quarterback, but the idea he's the best ever coming in, John Elway, it's BS. And now I'm hearing Zach is better. Zach Wilson, ooh. Hey, Fez, we've only got a minute. You've got your best bet. Hit it. Yeah, we're going to play Philly Embiid under 30 and a half points. RJ, I'm giving you credit for this. You speculated that Embiid does not like to play against Utah. He sat out the first time these two teams played. I went back and looked at the numbers. There's a good reason Embiid doesn't like to play against Gobert and Utah. Embiid, in his career, has averaged just under 20 points per game, well under his career average of 25. Utah shuts him down. I'm going under 30 and a half points. Joel Embiid. So minus five points off his career, and then his season average versus this 30 and a half tonight, it's right pretty much in line, right? Yeah, season average is 30 and a half, so they set the number right at his average correct. So you're thinking we're getting like a five-point edge? Yes, sir. All right, so best bet from Steve Fezzik, under and B tonight. Great show, Jonas. Great show. Fast. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com for a look at the MVP odds in the NBA. Maybe a little bit of movement there. We've got a draft battle at the top between two quarterbacks and a best bet. You can find that at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio, and as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 